Welcome to Whoology, a real-world theology podcast that breaks down episodes of Doctor Who, hosted by myself, Fizz, and my lovely Whovian wife, Laura. Greetings. This is episode five, and on this episode we will be talking again conveniently. I really like the way we did this, hmm. because it makes it very easy for me to remember what we're doing. Episode on, five. Ep- <laughs> yeah, episode five. Episode of five. Episode five, season eight. So uh, easy because it's the same. I know. It's like we planned this. So episode five of season eight is called Time Heist. We get a whole bunch of extra little characters uh, as accomplices to this great bank robberiness-ification. Oceans four. Oceans four. Is it four? Is there? There are four of them. One, two, three, four. I guess there's four of them. I feel like there's always one other, you know, like the mastermind. Yeah. Or is there? So anyway, th- this was billed as the, you know, the 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 caper, the bank robbing episode, the Ocean's Eleven episode of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, the previews looked really entertaining. I was excited to see how they pulled this off, how they made interested, how they pulled that Doctor Who twist into it. So, Laura. Yes, Mikey. How did this? How did this episode come off to you? Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. Um. And I enjoyed it for a lot of deeper reasons, but I'll start with the more surfacey reasons. Uh, being, I really like the look of everything. Everything was like really ornate and crisp and different, and um, I like that. Often with the Doctor, we're getting kind of like the nitty gritty, the soldier, the everyman, the you know the the ordinary person that he's helping. But these are all rich people. He's surrounded by like all these people who have the money to you know, augment their bodies or, like, buy the richest clothes or whatever. And so it was just kind of a different picture of a whole different kind of people, a whole different kind of lifestyle. So I liked the look of everything. I enjoyed the design of the the set and the um, characters and their costumes. So that was fun. That's one of the reasons why I like Doctor Who is you can go all these different new crazy places and see things you wouldn't normally see. There you go. Um, for me, I, I would say that I, I did enjoy this episode. It it reminded me of what I would consider a classic filler episode. Hmm. I, I mean, as strongly as this season started with the entire theme of um, you know paradise and stuff like that, I doctor's feel like identity. Yeah, the doctor's identity, like who he is. <gasps> Is he a good man? I mean, I think we get some of the, is he a good man? But I really don't think that this was one of those ones that, at least from where we're sitting now, this may change seven episodes from now Mm -hmm. when they maybe tie something from this in. But right now it's like, oh, this is just an adventure that Mm -hmm. the Doctor and Clara go on. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm mostly fine with that. Uh, I I think the, the weird thing about that is I don't think we get those very often mm-hmm. with Stephen Moffat. Yeah, like it has to be like more clever than just that it's an adventure that they're going on. They're trying something new. They get drawn into some kind of crazy caper. Exactly. So, with that said, I would say that as far as one-off episodes goes, it was very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt a bit scattered, like they they had some opportunities to really explore some character things mm-hmm. um, that were hinted at, but they didn't really do that. Um, they kind of made it more of a straightforward kind of caper episode. That's true, but I will say that at the end of the episode, I 
but I found myself hoping that the the two characters that were introduced, Sai and Sab- Saber, so, yeah. Okay, I was I was hoping that they will come back because I something about them I really liked and wanted to see them again. Well, I feel like one of the things that was the strongest point, and I don't believe I'm alone in this. Some of the strongest parts of this episode were were that was the acting. Mm-hmm. We, we've gotten lots of Doctor Who episodes. Where we've we've got random characters that'll be there for one episode, guest stars or a guest villain. I mean, in this case, um, you know, who is fairly famous as far as television goes or mm-hmm. as acting goes, um, to kind of help be an opposite to the Doctor, kind of carry the episode. And in this, I thought the these side characters, uh, especially in Sai and Sabra, were really strongly portrayed mm-hmm. and compelling. And we were able to just, you know, jump right in with them. And that doesn't happen all the time. You know, it's one of the things that you get from going from time and space to time and space to time mm-hmm. and space, meeting all these people that you typically get, like, single servings of. Yeah. So uh, that being really strong, it did make me want to dive into it more. And, and honestly, the the one-offness reminded me of... Um, like, some of, the, some of the David Tennant Doctor episodes mm-hmm. where... You didn't really have to worry about the overarching theme of the episode or the the series or the you know the season. Mm-hmm. You were more just like, where are we going to go? What are we going to find out? And mm-hmm. you know what's going to blow our mind? Yeah, because in the end, I mean, most of his companions travel with him. Clara and his relationship maybe is is really different in this sense, but most of his companions are traveling with him because he's promising to take them to all these amazing places that they never thought they could see. And so it's really about, let's get in the box. Where do you want to go next? And uh, to a certain degree, uh, we, we have 12 using a little bit of that on Clara. Clara, uh, at the beginning of the episode, getting ready to go on her date. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at, at first, and this is one of my favorite things of the episode that, I, that I'll definitely get on a little bit later, you know, the, the doctor seems oblivious to the fact that Clara is like, getting gussied up. She's going to go on a date. Mm-hmm. She's obviously interested in something that's not the doctor. Why is your face all colored in? Exactly. But, you know, I think by the end of the episode, we get the understanding that he knows exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. And he uses that that magic, that wonder, that excitement of traveling with the doctor to basically tempt Clara to abandon, like, her date, even though, you know, he can always bring her back just in time. Mm-hmm. It's like the phone ring. Who knows? The, only a couple people have that number. We've got to answer the phone. What harm could be there to answer mm-hmm. the phone? Obviously, you know, playing to uh, uh, Clara's curiosity. Mm-hmm. And so that was a, a very interesting and a very cool way to get the episode started. But um, I did want to take this concept that the episode dealt with. I think one of the most obvious things that this episode said and then played off of for its entirety is... You know, this is the most impregnable vault in the entire universe. Mm-hmm. If you're rich enough to own a solar system, this is where you keep it, you know, or you keep your uh, stuff. And basically the doctor has to address uh, Clara and Sai and Saber, his, his partners in crime. And when they don't want to go on, he says, think about the thing that you want most mm-hmm. in the entire universe now, how you know? What would you do for that? How badly do you want it? Is basically what he's asking them. Mm-hmm. And so we see two characters that are much deeper than people who just want to get paid. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not robbing this bank to get rich. 
And you have the added bonus of this mystery, this suspense that they, they've they wiped their memories at the beginning of the episode um, to protect themselves from this monster that reads minds. And so um, I, I really loved how he he made that obvious, that the motivation must be something huge mm-hmm. and personal. But we don't know what it is, and they don't even remember what it is. Well, and that in and of itself is compelling. And before, I mean, before we could even get to, like, Sabra and, and Sai and talk about what has motivated them and their particular reasons for being on this journey, mm-hmm. like, it really made me stop in my track, like, almost in the middle of the episode. Like, I almost wanted to pause the episode and stop and think about that question and apply it to my own life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. Because oftentimes I find myself asking myself and others, you know, what would you do if you could, you know, well, there's these questions, like the motivational things. What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Yeah. You know, what would you... you had all the money in the world. Yeah, if you had all the money in the world, what would you do? What do you do in your spare time? Like, what is it, you know, what was what would you want to do? What would you wish you could have? If you could have three mm-hmm. wishes, if you could have one wish, and you could wish for more wishes. You know what <laughs> I mean? Because I feel like as, as uh, humans, we're always asking ourselves this about, like, wishes and dreams and potential. And I feel like most people are caught up in this uh, kind of spiral where they don't actually have a good answer for that. Mm-hmm. They're usually like, well, I don't know. I, I guess whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, but what is that? What is it that you want? You know, what would make you throw caution to the wind? It, what's in the What's in the bank that's impregnable that you would get? And, you know, in our case, I would hope that would be like, what will we do for our faith? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's not the thing that we would sacrifice almost anything for especially in our lives yeah um and it it never seems like a dangerous journey for us it just seems like another part of us and so like i said it, it made me reflective and i think in a totally unintentional way than um uh, the 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 writers moffat and the other guy that i should have written down um you know intended but it does get you thinking and mm-hmm. it does set up our characters which i do want to talk about yeah. and also if you think about if you think about what they do get at the end, um, the thing they wanted more than anything in the world, they really are very similar in nature because one one allows um, is a biological thing that allows Sabra. I keep saying Saber. Sabra. Sabra. There's an A on the end. Okay, Sabra um, to have human contact Maybe it's and to be a. herself. You know, to to be able to be in contact with community or others. And for Sai, it's reconnection with those he loves. And so for both people, what they want more than anything is to be connected to others, to be in community with others, to have love. And um, you're right. I, I agree that these characters, you know, the architect, which mm-hmm. is a, another big overarching thing that I love about this episode the architect specifically chose these people for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I think throughout the episode, we get to see why. They are really strong characters who know what they want. And they have pure... I mean, they've clearly done some bad things. I mean, at least Sai has some kind of, like, convict's tattoo on his neck. So they maybe they're not pure people, but they have a heart that is, um, that is worth... A heart that is worth this mission, I guess, yeah. or that would, um, I would say they're rightly, be appropriate for the mission. Yeah, I would say they're rightly motivated. Yeah, even under maybe a lot of roughness, or you know, so I, I, they're really strong characters, and they do things because they know themselves pretty well. I mean, Sai ends up um, sacrificing himself, and when I started to 
he sacrifices himself to save Clara from this this monster and um the teller the teller and as I thought about why he would do that for someone he didn't he doesn't know very well I think about the part that comes before that when he he has kind of a little aside with Clara and he says I know that you've been traveling with the doctor for a really long time and she she asks why and he says because you're really good at the excuses and so for somebody who doesn't have a head full of people who love him um, doesn't remember his friends or his family um, seeing that she has somebody that she's connected to, somebody that she cares enough for to make excuses for him. Um, so I, it made me wonder if seeing that thing that he longs for for himself made him willing to sacrifice himself for somebody who had that. Because when he, when he quote, dies, unquote, <laughs> um, he lets her know that it's, you know, just remember that, my life is flashing before my eyes, and I don't see anything. You know, I don't see anybody that I love. So I'm trying to comfort her. Well, I was hoping that in, in that it was indicative that since he had no other memories, he was basically sacrificing himself for the only person that he had made a connection to mm-hmm. that he could still remember, which was Clara. Mm-hmm. You know, because up to that point, he'd obviously feuded with the doctor and even, you know, accused the doctor of being callous. and. Mm-hmm. Um, which in and of itself was funny, considering we had also just watched Patch Adams this weekend. Or, or Patch, yeah, Patch Adams. And it was the entire uh, concept of a doctor having professional uh, distance, distance or whatever, yeah. whatever it's called. And, and, you know, trying to fight over that. And then that same concept being used in this episode, like basically back to back. Didn't even plan that. Um, maybe we we're just on a doctor weekend. We just didn't even know it. But, you know, so they had this, this concept. Uh, and this fight and Cy moved on from that and then made a connection with one person and that one person was he was easily willing to you know sacrifice something for I guess even knowing someone for only a minute or two well I guess Mm. technically I don't know time passed maybe it was like a half hour (laughs) you know (laughs) it's half hour long enough to make a really lasting connection (laughs) but if you have zero connections a half hour you know would seem like Amazing compared to no, having no connections, mm-hmm. and, and and I think that was one of the things that made Sai's character so compelling, and at the time his sacrifice even more compelling because I think we all recognize the need for connection, mm-hmm. you know, the reason that we do things, and, and when we talk about what are we willing to give up, these characters are obviously willing to give up their lives to get something that they really want, but we see that Sai has already been willing to give up everyone he loves because he loves them so much that he didn't want them to be turned over or anyone to find out who they were mm-hmm. and he was willing to either forget them than to have harm come to them you know and that probably had a lot to do you know the doctor i'd assume knows that mm-hmm. and knows why he picked him for the mission in the first place yeah but that carries over to sabra too because um you know she she shows uh de- what I think our desire is not just to connect with someone mentally, but to like, I think we were made for physical contact. Mm -hmm. It's why like a hug can be so powerful uh, in joy and in sadness. Uh, Sometimes just the embrace of another human being. Heck, sometimes the embrace of a, of a happy pet, you know, um, can be amazing. And we need that from another person, which is why there's this awesome thing that happens when they keep talking about, you know, you just can't make a connection if you only see yourself, mm-hmm. like, looking back at you. That's why we can't hug mirrors and stuff. We mm-hmm. have to connect with another person. So, um, I, I loved her, her 
her dilemma as well and reasoning for being there. Mm-hmm. So that so them aside, what we what we see is we eventually get to this uh, this villain, Carabraxis, who I I really liked because I loved her whole aesthetic. I loved the way she was portrayed. She was just completely indifferent, almost to the point of being cheerful because because other people's pain was not affecting her in any way. And um, I also love because she really was a villain. And you know, we, you and I talked a little bit about how the monster in this in this episode is not really a monster, and they've they've been doing that in more recent Doctor Who episodes or seasons. That the ugly monster that we think is terrifying and horrible and wants to you know eat people and whatever, <laughs> it ends up being some sweet little you know puppy dog. Yeah, misunderstood puppy dog. Especially think of the episode Hide where they had this terrifying looking creature creeping around the house and it was this same idea really that's in this episode is that it was really looking for a mate it was looking for connection too mm-hmm. um and so that you know the monster that we think is the monster is in in recent doctor who form not really the monster but there is a monster in this episode and it's carabraxis well i think the interesting thing about that is you say we have a true villain and i would actually almost argue that we didn't because carabraxis seemingly only hurts people who try to rob from the bank and her clones which i mean i guess depending on how you feel about that are kind of her property anyway so i think in her eyes um as opposed to a person who's just evil for evil's sake um or bad for bad sake she's still a person who is like oh well the point of this bank is to be secure we go after people who are guilty um, we know we have a teller, and he senses people's guilt before they even have a chance to do it. Um, and so we're we're justly guarding this bank. And it's really interesting that even though she probably sees herself as a very straight arrow kind of person, um, the doctor can see that she obviously has one thing that's going to eat away at her for the rest of her life. And gives her his phone number and creates that time paradox mm-hmm. that gets the whole thing started. And I'm not. I'm not buying that. Not buying it. No, I'm not buying it because she keeps she keeps the people whose heads are caved in, whose minds have been melted. She just keeps them for no reason except to like. As a warning. Okay. She also. Maybe you've um, never seen Game of Thrones. She also <laughs> manipulated this creature so that she's holding his mate hostage so that he will work for her, and keeps to him keep in the, a cage to keep the bank safe. Okay, but is that worth the life of a creature who doesn't want to be enslaved? Well, and that's what I'm saying. So, in her mind, she's doing what's necessary to keep the bank safe. And the doctor knows that eventually she's going to realize that she did make one thing, or she made Mm -hmm. one mistake that she would really, really regret. Well, that, I mean, that is definitely clear. Whether whether or not she is intentionally being villainous, whether she has an evil heart or not. It's clear that the doctor sees in her through not just in her eyes or whatever, not just in observing her, but in her own behavior. Um, that being that she she burns her clones. She can't stand to look into her clones' faces because she knows that she's going to see something there that she doesn't like. So I mean, yeah, there's there's a redeemable part of her, obviously, because she makes the phone call at the end and asks him to help her redeem her past. 
So there is something there, but she's running away from it. She sees it in the faces of her clones. She sees herself, and there's something about it that she hates. And so she has no qualms with dismissing them. And she lives in a vault away from anybody, including her clones. So there's some, he, he recognizes in the fact that she... Um, that she is, she's not connected to human beings. She's isolating herself and she's burning her clones. He sees that there's potential for, for redemption. And so I think that's why he gives her a number. But I think that, especially in the way that she's played, I mean, she's even, she's gleeful about people's pain. I think, I mean, she's like making kissy faces at this thing that she has enslaved and chains who's miserable and she knows why it's miserable. So I'm just not, I'm not buying that she's, <laughs> I think she's got this sliver of cold, cold-heartedness. <laughs> so what makes her different than any of us? I'm not saying she is. <laughs> she's a villain. <laughs> Do you call me a villain? I call you a villain. Anyway, um, so there is Karapraxis. The last thing that I wanted to mention um, in this episode was... Everyone went on this uh, this journey. Everyone's breaking into this vault for their reward. So what's the doctor's reward? Hmm. Hmm. I think, um, I mean, I think he enjoys being the hero. I think he enjoys um, making things new, re- like renewing um reuniting people bringing connection connecting to people i i think that's clear in that he has a time machine he can go anywhere at any time and he chooses to always be among people helping people sticking his nose in their business you know um so i think i i think he's delighted to be this hero that you know reunites this <laughs> it's very strange looking couple mm-hmm. um these you know not monsters and helps redeem Karabraxis. I actually had the question, what is Clara's reward? <laughs> Why is she along? Just to be with the doctor? I don't know. Everybody else gets something specific. Well, according to the doctor, it might be its own reward, hanging out with the doctor um, that we get at the end. But I'm gonna, like I said, I don't want to give that, um, I want to save that for a little bit later. Well, and I would say this, uh, when, when I think about the doctor's reward, I think that... This episode, for the first time since episode one of, of this season, mm-hmm. when the doctor says, you know, it's time to go right some wrongs, mm-hmm. that this is him going out and righting some wrongs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've enjoyed the episodes of this season, but like I said, I don't really feel like he's he's doing things that I was under the impression he would be doing every episode. Mm-hmm. Um, on a large scale. I mean, obviously he's, you know, trying to fix things. He's trying to correct things. He's trying to be a positive force. You know, he's trying to be a good man. But, like, this is the first time I saw him, you know, kind of correcting a situation. Mm-hmm. Re- you know, redeeming the villain. Um, reuniting the oppressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that was his reward. He's so gleeful at the end of the episode. It reminds me of um, Chris Eccleson's line in... Um Gosh, it's either the empty child or its companion episode where he says, "Every today, everybody lives, Rose. Everybody gets to live," and he's so excited about that because that doesn't always happen. 
Um, but that there, there's that delight in things being right, being righted. Well, so time to wrap up because mm. we have a short show. I can't believe you didn't even mention the one thing that's like my fa- one of my favorite parts of this whole episode. Well, when we get to likes and dislikes, you can mention it. All right. Which happens to be now. Yes. I so, didn't even have to wait. So um, what, uh, what, what, what things did you really not like about this episode? Oh, I thought you said I got to talk about what I like. Likes and dislikes. But we end with likes because we want to end on a positive note. Okay. Dislikes, I um, I think the only thing that comes to mind is... It's something I think that happens a lot because of the time constraints of the, the writing of the episode. But it's this... Uh, this people making connections really, really quickly, like being willing to do things for each other when there's maybe very little, very brief motivation for them to like each other or be Mm -hmm. bought in. I really liked all the characters, our four, you know, bank robbers. And I liked the rapport they had together, but it did seem pretty fast to me that Cy was willing to sacrifice himself for Clara it seemed pretty fast to me that Sabra calls the doctor a good man. She's always wanted to meet a good man. Um, and she's the first to go, so she hasn't even really known him that long. And maybe a few seconds before, she was saying, why are you in charge? So, I mean, maybe that's a testament to how quickly the doctor can win people over. But, I mean, they were they became a pretty tight-knit group that were all on board with each other in a very small amount of time. Mm-hmm. Well... So for me, the the thing that didn't really set well with me is something that worked in the long run because of what they were doing with the episode, but it's a theme that I think we harped on for a while now, and that's like fake deaths or pseudo deaths. Yeah. And like you, what connection that you mentioned that we start to get on board with, we're like, wow. I can't believe they were willing to sacrifice themselves. That was a really, a really big moment. And then it was kind of taken away mm-hmm. um, by, by Sai and Sabra's reappearance. Hmm. Um, and like I said, it's not the first time that I feel like uh, Moffat has brought people back mm-hmm. or, you know, failed to truly kill or get rid of someone or create um, true consequences for a situation mm-hmm. when they would have worked. Um, so that was what I didn't really like. So, but we're staying positive. <laughs> so, likes. What what do we like about this episode? Well, for me, there was a lot of um, like personal connection to this idea of the architect, this overarching idea of the architect. And all four of our bank robbers had a different perspective on the architect. And for most of the episode, we didn't know who this person was that had orchestrated this event. So Sabra asks the doctor to kill the architect when, you know, it's all over because she hates him. Um, maybe part of that, well, anyway, there, there, I feel like I could go so far into it, uh, analyzing this idea of this mastermind. But the doctor says he, he hates the architect. He calls him overbearing, manipulative, and he likes to think he's clever. Clara doubts that there's logic or purpose to anything that the architect does. When um, the doctor says, yeah, it doesn't make sense that, you know, we would, two people would die and we wouldn't be able to get in the vault, but there must be logic to it. And Claire says logic to two people dying. So she doesn't seem to, um, he said, she says he died for nothing. So I died for nothing. So she doesn't believe there's really a larger plan. 
Um, and um, Sai, okay, I didn't have one for Sai. I have a line that he says that ties back in into, into that. But I love that at the end, um, they realize that that all the doubt that they had, that all the sacrifice they made, there really was a larger purpose at heart. And even the doctor who saw the architect, quote unquote, or God, as I'm thinking of it, um, he saw him kind of in his own image, you know, that he's manipulative or whatever. Mm -hmm. But in the end, he realizes that there was like a whole plan and it was for the good of every person there. And um, Sai, when he reappears, he says, he says, you know, it looked like death. But it was really a teleport. So even some of the hard things that we go through, even if it looks like death, there's a purpose. There's an overarching plan um, for our good, for our best good, because they all got the thing that they really wanted. So that to me was really sweet. Um, I, I just loved that. Maybe an unintentional connection to to God. Okay. All those are awesome. They're the best good. Thanks. <laughs> um, I also really like the... Um, this concept mostly for the doctor's character development at least that's what i took it as as the doctor keeps saying that he like he didn't basically know much about the architect but he knew he hated him mm -hmm. um because i think it really speaks a lot to like the doctor's own self-loathing mm -hmm. um and typically you know the doctor reserving the word hate like you know because he's obviously like he doesn't hate the teller even though the teller's like killing people and stuff mm -hmm. like he, he can always see the good in almost everybody or every creature but like he reserves hate for very few things, basically the Daleks and himself. Mm -hmm. um, so and so when he says he hates the architect, I thought it was a pretty big point that he was obviously the architect. Yeah. Um, I don't think they tried to hide that very well, or if they did, think they were hiding that very well. I don't think they did. Um, and from like I said, most of the things that I've been reading, most of the people that I've uh, uh, perused over, it didn't seem like it was a surprise to much of anybody. Mm -hmm. um, I love some of the the witty banter. Mm -hmm. In this, uh, when he says, uh, when he's describing himself, he says, big scarf, bow tie, a bit embarrassing. Uh, what do you think of the new look? I was hoping for minimalism, but I think it came out with magician. <laughs> and I was just like, that's funny. I loved, uh, why are, I still don't get why you're in charge. Basically, it's the eyebrows. It's the eyebrows. <laughs> um, you know, don't be so pessimistic. It'll affect the morale. What? Uh, and getting us blown up won't? Only very, very briefly. <laughs> um so, but I think the thing that I like the most is uh, something that I've alluded to a lot earlier in the episode, and that was the concept that we're meant to think that the doctor doesn't know what's going on with Clara mm -hmm. um, and Danny, but like the you know, his like very last thing is like robbing a bank, robbing a whole bank, beat that for a date, mm -hmm. and you know it kind of says, oh, you know, the doctor not only knows what's going on, but he's trying to uh, fight for the attention uh, as well. Um, and obviously, you know, I don't think there's any romantic thing there. I think he just, mm -hmm. you know, needs someone. You know, he doesn't want to have to find a new companion. Yeah. Well, he doesn't want to be alone. He yeah, does he that doesn't... with Donna, too, which he yeah. has no romantic interest in. Yeah. Just like, come on, let's go. Let's do something. Yeah. So I really like that little that little drop there at the end. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, we're at the end of time for this episode, this short, short episode. So uh, we obviously probably missed something. I almost made Laura miss something. I didn't um, get to talk about it near enough. Exactly. So I could have gone on that for hours. Oh my god, hours. she's already going on for hours. Um so uh whatever we miss, let us know in the comments. Um, you know, interact with us. Uh you can interact with Laura at uh Laura underscore Fissile on Twitter. You can 
interact with me at Physification. Uh, go to our website, realworldtheology.com slash whoology. You'll find the show, the, the brief show notes. Uh, you, like I said, post comments. Tell us what we missed. Tell us what you agreed with. Uh, let's talk about what's coming up next week. It's going to be exciting. Um, download the show on iTunes. Review the show. Let's get more people um, involved in talking about this this really great uh, concept that is theology and Doctor Who, one of the uh, greatest sci-fi shows ever. So uh, until next episode, which will be episode six, we just wanted to remind you to always take a banana to a party. Mm-mm, bananas. <laughs>